Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Richards, and with me, my faithful sidekick, Josh Humphreys. You did it again. I'm kidding. <laughs> sidekick is good. I'm good with sidekick. <laughs> my minion. <laughs> Uh, that one ruins it every time. Uh, well, anyway, for the, we have had, uh, we have been in the book of Ezekiel for some time now, and so we continue on through the book of Ezekiel. And uh, Ezekiel is not as depressing as Jeremiah, but it is. Uh, it's confusing, a tough one. though. It is. It is confusing. It is, but there are. But you know, every time I get to Ezekiel, what really stands out to me is that uh, there are things in it I forget are there. And I think, yeah. oh my goodness, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, such yeah. an a, that's such a profound right. passage. And uh, and I and but you have to there are just some parts of scripture you have to wade through mm-hmm. to get to that yeah. really m- meaty uh, passage and so forth. When you find it, yeah. it is exciting. It's, it's like yeah, it's like it is like mining. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it called? Uh, no, no, no. When they oh. with the the, the crypto <laughs> cryptocurrency thing that they do when they go uh, mm-hmm. crypto mining or whatever it is. I. You know what I'm talking about, Austin. Yeah, yeah. Do any the, uh, but uh, anyway, it's kind of like when you're having to really, 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 really <laughs> search for something, and there it is. Uh, oh. So any all the any cryptocurrency people out there know what I'm talking about. But the psalm, <laughs> uh, we also did. We were in the Psalms, Psalm 125, 126, 127, 128, 129, 130. So lots of psalms, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, they're kind of short as we yeah. get to this part. Um, Proverbs 28, we just kind of, uh, it's like a verse a day keeps the devil away. Kind of, uh, kind of keeps thing. Adele away, and I was like, "What?" It, well, <laughs> I read a verse each day and never had any problems with Adele. Well, the she's end. releasing her album, I think, this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, good Didn't to know. Keep her away good well. to know. Good to know. Um, <laughs> in Hebrews, though, this is this was the real part. We are in some. We we went to the we go into the faith chapter, the the hall of faith, uh, in Hebrews. Of this week, and uh, and also we'll conclude Hebrews and start in James, uh, which is uh, also a powerful uh, letter as well. So when we come back, we will share with you what God revealed to us in this week's reading. So we'll be back. Welcome, oh, welcome back. back. <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking Josh was I was thinking he was going first, but then I forgot. Oh, we're, we, I, I should welcome us back. Welcome back to the <laughs> Understanding Jesus podcast, where Josh is going to share with us something profound that he found in this week's reading. Josh. Yes. Um, so I'm in Hebrews again. Hebrews is just such... It's so good, um, and I'm specifically in Hebrews 11, but I'm not going to be speaking about the Hall of Faith um, necessarily. Even though it's in Hebrews 11. Yes. Um, I am going to be touching on it, but there's just this really cool passage. When when you're reading Hebrews 11, it's easy to get focused in on the characters that they're talking about, like, um, I don't know, uh, Abel and, and all these people. It's mm-hmm. easy to get focused on these characters, but again, sometimes you just have to zoom out and see what, what's happening like wh- why why is this being written down and hebrews 11:13 through 16 explains this and i'm just going to read it real quick it says all these people died still believing what god had promised them mm. they did not receive what what was promised but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it they agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth obviously people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own if they had longed for the country they came from they could have gone back but they were looking for a better place, 
a heavenly homeland. That that is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He mm. has prepared a city for them. And so it's right there that we we begin to see the purpose of this hall of faith. When we begin to see uh, uh, why He is mentioning all these people, was because their eyes were not set on on the uh, on the land that they were going to, but that God had promised them a land. And I love that verse. And this is an encouragement to us. It says. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it. Um, And that, my question is, is this our mindset in the church? Is this our mindset on earth? That we're nomads here and there is another beautiful city coming where the Lord is blessing us. Because the truth is, a lot of us aren't going to receive that huge inheritance here on earth. Some, you know, the Lord blesses some people and they get an awesome inheritance here on earth. But that's even that is not the fulfillment of the promise. The promise is that there is a land that He has created for His chosen people that He has set aside as holy. It is a a, a beautiful land of milk and honey, an eternal land of milk and honey. This this beautiful place that He has set aside for us. And even though these people in Hebrews 11, the Hall of Faith, did not get to see that promise most of them Mm. they still never gave up faith is what fueled them that god was god and that when he made promises he kept them he's a covenant keeping god and that never changes and so he has made this this new covenant with us that hebrews is all about of Mm. um, putting your faith in christ and he is the one who can save you and when you are saved eternity is what you get with him this glory this inheritance and just Jesus, you get that forever. And so this encouragement here is, hey, remember that hope. Remember this promise. Remember remember who Jesus is. And look back to these people that we're talking about in Hebrews 11. Look how faithful they were. And they didn't even have Jesus yet. They were looking forward to it. Yeah. We have Jesus and we can move forward into the promise. And some of us may not achieve it until we die. We, we may just die here on earth. But we have an inheritance waiting for us. Right. That Oswald Chambers gives a metaphor that is just so hard for me to deal with, and that is when uh, when a, a str- when a when a plague of locusts comes, mm-hmm. and uh, they are get to a body of water, or something they have to get across, yeah. or, or they they there are thousands, if not millions, of them die, mm-hmm. so that the others can cross right, over right. their dead bodies to get right. to the destination, and. In God accomplishing his purpose and his right. plan, there are so many who just simply their lives look like they have no purpose or waste. But right. they, but even in mm-hmm. their life and death, all they do is provide a way for mm-hmm. a future generation to right. get to where right. we couldn't get before. Yeah. And he and if, if he is doing it, right. then he's accomplishing a plan. When we go off and do our own, when we go off task and go and try to do our own thing or build our own name, we wind up actually being right. accomplishing nothing. Yeah. yeah. And, and everything, everything we endeavored, there's nothing more discouraging than putting 20 years mm-hmm. of effort into something only to see God didn't want that anyway. And he just sort of washes right. it all away. Right. It, it, it's one thing to spend 20, 30, 40, or the course of your whole life doing something that nobody recognizes mm-hmm. or thinks is important, but it was a part of God's plan. Right. And then he used it to accomplish something right. greater. Right. And then something very different than when you spend that time and accomplish nothing. And it wasn't part of God's plan. And then it was just nothing. Right. And that's that's the thing that is really, you know, the warning, right. I guess, there. Well, yeah. and, and the, uh, First Corinthians speaks of that. It's um, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, right. knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. And that's yeah. so good. And uh, sorry, I just want to say one more thing. It's from a yeah. song called Even If by Mercy Me. And I think this sums up 
what this is saying so well. It says, uh, and they're singing to God, and it's more of a prayer. But he says, I know you're able, and I know you can save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is you alone. And that's just yeah. my challenge to you yeah, all. That yeah. faith is, even if he doesn't save you out of the circumstance right now on earth, this physical circumstance that mm. is probably sad and it's horrible or whatever it may be, God's still God. And yeah. he is eternally saved you and is holding you in his hand uh, and, and and just have faith put your hope in him there's a um, uh, the psalm that i was going to share actually mm-hmm. goes in line with that it's psalm 127 and it's a psalm that was written by solomon mm-hmm. um he says unless the lord builds a house its builders labor over it mm-hmm. in vain unless the lord watches over a city the watchman stays alert in vain in vain you get up early and stay up late working hard to have enough food yes he gives sleep to the one he loves. Sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. And, um, and you know, the, the desire to achieve things, the desire to make a name for ourselves or to accomplish something can become this all-consuming fire that keeps that keeps us from rest and joy. And one of the things I, I, I learned early on is I used to sleep like three or four hours a night thinking that I, because I, I had more time to get things done. And then people would say, you know, well, um, that, uh, you know, that you are taking years off your life. And you're like, yeah, but it's worth it if I accomplish something. But what I discovered was is that that wasn't the way God wanted me to, mm. that he gave me enough time in the day to do that which he wanted me to do and also to sleep at night. Right, and right. And so if I was having to shortcut something, then I'm just really mm-hmm. wasting that time and cutting time off of my life that I can give. Uh, but when I really trust in him, where I have faith in him, I live the day, go to bed at night, wake up, you know, and, and sleep through the night, wake up to the next day, and, and just accomplish that which he has purposed for mm-hmm. me to accomplish. Yeah. There is no, uh, you know, and, and I think part of it, the lesson that you learn is, is you look at people who have, have had cons- their lives have been consumed mm-hmm. by achievement and by getting things. You think of the Elon Musk and the Jeff Bezos and the Bill Gates and and Steve Jobs and, and so right. forth. And Steve Jobs is is, a, is the, I think right now one of the most important ones to look at because he's not here anymore. Yeah. Yet, uh, I mean, all that all that time, all that investment. Yeah, there are things, products that we have that are meaningful. But uh, that we use that uh, Josh has in his hands right now, even <laughs> as we as we uh, talk. But the um, but the thing is, is that now it's done. Right. What, whatever contribution he's have is is over. Right. And and someday he'll stand before God, and God will he'll have to give an account for the way he spent his, his life, his time, and so forth. And that which is not for the glory of Christ will all be right. just burned up and, right. and wasted away. Right. And and so. I I see that and I think so what am I and I'm never going to achieve the financial status right. or the technological prowess or achievement level of Steve Jobs according to the world so why would I try when I could just simply be obedient to God and exalt him and then now my life has actual value and and that why that is so special is that gives value to anyone i mean it doesn't you don't have to be Mm. born in a special place yeah you don't have to be gifted with a lot of uh, what the world would call exquisite Mm. talents you just have to be you and use the talent that god gave you and whatever gifts he gives you right 
for his glory. Yeah. And then it becomes something eternally greater than anybody in the right. world. Right. You know, pick your greatest right. person in the world that's not a follower of Jesus Christ. And your work, is whatever, however minuscule it may mm-hmm. seem to the world, mm-hmm. is it's magnified right. infinitely above that. Well, just the Hall of Faith. Rahab, for example, someone who was a, a prostitute, yeah. and it, that may have been by choice, it may not have been by choice, but someone who was sold for her body, yeah. and she's right there, and all she did was, I'm going to hide you, and yeah. cover them with palm leaves. She was obedient. Yes, yeah. that's all. Yeah. And like that. Recognized that their God was greater than her God. Mm-hmm. The God yes. she had previously served, yes. she recognized that the God of so the cool. Israelites was greater than hers, and turned to right. that God. Right. Yeah. Right. And that yeah. and that's the beauty of it. It doesn't matter it doesn't matter where you come from or, or it doesn't. And that's what James the the book we're reading mm-hmm. next that we'll be spending some time in is talking about of this you have a high place in heaven, so don't worry about your lowly place here. Right. And that uh, that's an incredible message of the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Well, I'm in Hebrews again, chapter twelve. Um, okay. we keep moving forward. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, I'm just going to read verses 7 um, through 10, but I'll focus on, on, on verse 10, okay? And this is what it says. As you as you endure this divine, as you endure this divine, divine <laughs> discipline, sorry, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Who ever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all his children, it means that you are illegitimate and you are not fully his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. Mm. And I was just sitting here in this moment of um, uh, when it says doing the best they knew how. We're earthly people, so pastors and people and those of you who are fathers or those of us like me who desire to be a father one day, I'm not omniscient and I only know how to do the best that I can, the best I know how to discipline children or whatever it may be. But God is omniscient and he's all knowing of all things of all time. He's ever present of all things in all time and he's all powerful. So he's fully wise. Uh, what we say providential mm-hmm. in all things so when he disciplines us, it's not just because, like us, how we respond when we discipline people. It's what we think is best for that moment. Um, so if we're grounding you, we're taking your phone away, whatever it may be, or, or we're going to spank you or whatever. But God is all-knowing. He knows the best. He knows the good of all time, of all things, for his glory and for our good. And so when he disciplines us, it's never just out of, like, I don't know, just him being like, well, I'm going to discipline you. It's no, he knows, he knows because he's omniscient. Right. And that's like, that's good. Like that is, wow. Like that, that should shock us and say, yes, he's not like an earthly father. And yet he still loves me and he disciplines me. And the reason he's disciplined me is because he is all knowing. He knows what's best completely. There's no Mm -hmm. skeletons in his closet of, of, you know, he's angry at us or whatever. Like that's just God's good. Mm. And so when he disciplines us, it's because he knows it's what's best in general for all time, for all people, for his son's glory and for his as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, I followed that up with uh, verses 14, uh, mm. starting with verse 14 in the same chapter, chapter 12 in Hebrews. He says, Pursue. Pursue peace. 
with everyone and holiness. Without it, no one will see the Lord. Make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and defiling many. And make sure that there isn't any immoral or irreverent person like Esau who sold his birthright in exchange for a single meal. For you know that later, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, even though he sought it with tears because he didn't find any opportunity for repentance. Mm -hmm. That is to me, one of the most sobering passages in the New Testament of for all of us who uh, who wonder why we need to pursue obedience, to pursue righteousness today. You know, I, I remember a young person coming to me and saying, I'm, I'm just going to go do what I want to do for a period of time, and then I'll come back to God later, and so forth. And and sometimes later never comes. There There is, we, we want an opportunity for repentance, but it doesn't come. And I, and I think we make the mistake of thinking, well, this is uh, obviously... Uh, that that's going to be available that I, at any point I can say, I want to now follow God right, and I want right. to follow Jesus and so forth. We can't conceive in our mind how our whole of that. But right. But right now, what you don't realize is that that sense of I should do this, but I want to do this. Mm -hmm. Just that that you have that thought process. I should do this, but I want to do this. Uh, so I'm I'm not going to do what I should do. I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. You think that you will always think like that, right? That you will always be thinking in terms of I I need to turn back to what mm -hmm. I needed to do now. Okay, so now for me time for you to stop. But what you don't take into account is that it will change you, that you will at mm -hmm. some point not realize um, the yeah. need to repent, that there will be nothing to repent of, that you'll think that the way you are is the right way, that uh, and you will lose that which is meaningful to you. But you won't even know why you lost it. Right. You won't even be able to connect those dots anymore. You will not mentally or spiritually or emotionally be able to understand, oh, the reason why I am not able to mm -hmm. go where God wants me to go is because I don't even know God anymore. Yeah. Or yeah. because or because I because of my disobedience, mm -hmm. because you won't see it as disobedience anymore. Right. You'll you'll blame other things. You will have bought into the lie mm -hmm. and be consumed by it. Uh, and you, uh, the, the thing is, is that you, mm. you are, it's, it's like the, um, in the matrix where, uh, they become aware that they are in the matrix right. and being used by it and they've all been diluted and so forth that, uh, they become aware of this. But if you don't have that awareness, it, you know, the one guy says, the betrayer says, you know, ignorance is bliss. Mm -hmm. He wants to go in and doesn't want to remember right. anything. Right. Well, that's what happens. Right. But when that, but when that destruction comes mm -hmm. and so forth, you will not be able to connect. Oh, I'm, this destruction's happening because I was sinful and because I didn't wasn't mm -hmm. obedient and so forth. Now you will, you will think well, the destruction is coming because of this reason or that reason or whatever reason, and and that's that's what happened with Esau. Right. He he was he he gave up. He did not treasure the birthright that he had. Yeah, and so he gave it up. Mm -hmm. And once he gave it up, he wanted the birthright back, mm -hmm. but he did not, could not connect that the reason why he lost the birthright was because he lost God. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, and that's what we are unable to do. Right. And it is. And so when you have that, that awareness that I need to turn to Christ, do not assume that you will always have that awareness yeah. at that point. That moment is when you need to repent. Well, that's what Romans 1 talks about. They exchange the truth for a lie and worship mm -hmm. the created rather than the creator being. And then at the end of that passage, he says, 
So he gave them up into their desires. Right. Because at that point, they don't want God anymore. They want what they want. What they they don't to. want God. Yeah. Which is crazy. But they don't want the penalty either. Right. But they cannot exactly. connect in their mind the penalty mm-hmm. with the... That's, yeah. that's why you always look and say, why don't these people just start obeying God again? Mm-hmm. It's like... Because they can't fathom that that's they don't right. know what that means. Right. They don't well, understand what obeying God. They don't know who God is. There's that one Kenny Chesney song, and I hate it, but it's, it's it goes. <laughs> everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go down. And it's like, well, yeah, who would want to spend eternal separation in hell? Right. But they, yeah, they they don't understand that they can't. Like yeah. that's crazy. Nor that they do they think they are. Right. Yeah. Right. They, they're not thinking They've that. They created up a new God in their right. head. Right. And but what they're the suffering that they're going through, mm-hmm. and, and the reason why you were talking about the discipline of God, and the reason why God allows the discipline mm-hmm. and the pain and so forth, is just trying to wake you up. Well, just yeah. trying to say, do you feel the pain you have? Now I'm trying to help you connect this pain with your disobedience, mm-hmm. yeah. so that you'll turn back to me because that's your only hope for right. life right. eternal. Right. Yeah. Well, and he says, he says, if God doesn't discipline you as he does, all of his, uh, yeah, if God doesn't discipline you as he does, um, all of his children, it means that you're illegitimate. Right. You're not really his child. Right. Because he's not going to let you get away with right. what you're getting away with. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the th- reasons why I, I, you know, the assurance, one of the assurances I have as a believer mm-hmm. is that there were times when I did walk away. Yeah. Yet God did not let me right, walk away. Right. He, I may have been able to go to a certain point, but He pursued me. Mm-hmm. You know, my life crumbled apart, and then right. He, and then it became. It's like if you keep going, I will turn up the heat. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. it will. Well, you know, and 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 I'm grateful for that. I, I've I've been an unruly child of God, yeah. and said I think He'll stop at some point. Um, but then realized, oh no, he's going to kill me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I don't turn around, it's it, it's going to be fatal. Yeah. But that that was actually an assurance that gave me confidence that he loved me. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's anyway. cool. Yeah. Love me enough to kill me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> well, love me enough not to let me go into darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Away from him. Good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Was that me or you? That was me. Yeah. I, I already you... talked. Oh, that's it. That's yeah, it. We're, we're, we're done. done with the, wow. uh, the devotion. So we got part. some questions to do. So we we're going to come do. back and answer some questions when we come back. Welcome back to the Understanding Jesus podcast. And in this segment, we deal with some questions. Uh, and so Josh is going to voice question number one for us. Yeah. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse one, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witness to the life of faith, and then it goes on to talk about whatever. Mm-hmm. My question is, what is the huge crowd of witness that is being spoken of? And why are they important that we are surrounded by them? Mm. Well, the witnesses that he's talking about are the ones we just talked about in Hebrews chapter 11. So he's gone through this list of people who have, uh, run the race before us and have uh, prepared the way and 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 then and goes into more of um, a sports type of uh, of setting in what he's talking about that we are to lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that lies before us and so basically you've been trained mm-hmm. prepared equipped and you've had all these people who have um, right uh, when you think of a national terms, and, and the people that he's writing to would be very familiar with the games um, right but when you think of uh, the game you know when you're watching the olympics for instance and you're talking about uh, um, the united states because that's who we always root for in the in the right. Olymp- <laughs> olympics and uh there will be so many segments that say here are all the people who have done these things before and right. so you look at these olympic mm-hmm. greats 
And these are the people who inspired this current Olympian mm. to rise to this. Right. You have world records. So it's like, this is the record. I want to break that mm. world record. I want to run yeah. faster, yeah, further, yeah, yeah. higher, jump higher, whatever. And and that's the that's the that's what the writer of Hebrews here is kind of laying out for us. It's like, look, look what has been mm. done before us. Mm. And since we that's have helpful. this incredible cloud of, of you know, this incredible group or gathering of people we are encompassed with this mm. um this you know when you think of a cloud you yeah. think of all encompassing or surrounding us and so forth um so um the uh, it's like we we have this incredible group who has gone in faith before us and so now the author of our faith jesus let us also run with such endurance they they have all been they were looking forward to mm. christ and 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 now we have the author of their faith right, right. and since we have that them all witnessing to Christ let us also run the same race that they're in so th- there's a reason why we put our trust in Jesus Christ yeah. I mean they were all looking forward to him and now yeah. we know him I mean right, right. they didn't even know who and now he was his they didn't spirit have him lives inside of us like right. which is crazy to which think empowers about. us to do so yeah yeah so, anyway okay so and then what's the next another one? question in Hebrews and it's at the end of Hebrews so we're basically closing out Hebrews with Ooh. this. But it's Hebrews thirteen seventeen, okay. and it says, "Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God." And then it goes on to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah. So there's two questions within this. So okay. let me just ask both. So the, the that is, what does it mean that spiritual leaders watch over our souls and are accountable to God? Mm. So number one, that scares me as someone who's going into ministry. I don't really know what that means, and I would mm. love to know what that means in it's general. Important, yeah. It's very important. And I've, I've learned about it a little bit, but I just want to know in general. But secondly, what does it mean that we all have to make an account for our sin? What mm. is what is that making the account look well, like? Well, let me start there, because all of us are given account for our actions, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we will be judged based on that which we do. Right. Um, and uh, there's a system of punishment and reward that God alludes to throughout Scripture, but he just, he more, most importantly says that there will be a time when we'll stand before him and we will give an account for the decisions, the actions that we've made. And that's for everybody. And then he says, for those of you who are entrusted with right. leadership, mm-hmm. I'm going to hold you to a higher standard because I'm asking these people within the church right. to submit to you mm-hmm. and to your leadership. So they are trusting you, putting right. their faith in you. And, uh, and you think about a, a pastor, an overseer, a bishop, uh, pa- whatever you, whatever term you're going to put on it. I think they're all the same elder, uh, all are talking about the same calling or mm-hmm. position in the church. The, um, that person is basically entrusted with guiding a group of people in their spiritual development and so forth. So if that person is telling a group of people, this is what you need to do in order to be pleasing to God, mm-hmm. yet it is not what God says to do mm-hmm. in order to be pleasing to God, he has to give an account for the fact that he did that, more so than the people who are doing The people who are doing it are trusting his leadership, right. and they're doing what he's saying because that's what they believe will make right. them more pleasing and satisfying to God. And while there's an accountability also there, that because you know a lot of times God will provide you know other people it's like there is a truth and they have access to the word and so forth and to as much as you have that so you will be held accountable right. for it uh as much as like the general revelation that's talked about in Romans 1 that all of us can see at least some revelation mm-hmm. of God we have what's called the general revelation of God right. in creation um and that is to draw us to him and we will be held accountable for how we deal with that 
But for those people who are in the office of overseer, uh, that again, he has said, I want you to do what they say. I want right. you to submit to their leadership. Mm-hmm. Same standard in the home. Right. Where he says to husbands, I want I'm I'm asking your wives to submit to your authority and to your guidance. So so really pastors have the double whammy. Yeah. We have our wives who are trusting in our leadership. Mm-hmm. We have the church that is trusting in our leadership. And so we if you are not being faithful or cannot be faithful, you need to step out. You need to not yeah. you, we can't step out of being a husband. Uh, <laughs> but you can but you do well for one, if you are not able to take care of your home, mm-hmm. you definitely do not need to be trying to take care of the church. And and that's why in Paul's letters he would say, Hey, however this guy is managing his home is how mm-hmm. he's gonna manage the church. Yeah. So if he yeah. can't handle being the spiritual leader of his household and doesn't have the ability to have these people submitting to mm-hmm. him and him guiding them faithfully yeah. he has no business uh you know how in the world is he going to do that for the church mm-hmm. and so that's you know that's a word to all churches always look and see how's this how is this man of god doing in pastoring his home because right. his first and foremost ministry is pastoring his home being the head of his overseeing his home right. being the the lead elder in his home and and so because if and if he's doing that faithfully then yeah then the church but even then doesn't mean you're going to be able to do the church faithfully but it does mean that at least you uh, have a, a beginning point mm-hmm. and and then as you're doing the church you know that's that's why it's a sober call you know you yeah. should you should uh, understand that, yeah, you are going to be held accountable for what you say. Mm-hmm. And I, I sometimes I listen to people preaching, and I yeah. think I don't think they're really thinking that through. Right, right. Um, yeah. They're realizing that this is really important. Um, and uh, and I think sometimes we just, uh, you know, we're we're human. So yeah. yeah, are there have there been times in the course of my own ministry? Yeah, there are things I super mm-hmm. regret saying. Right. Super direction. Sometimes I wasn't paying attention. Right. Right. In parenting and being a father mm-hmm. and a husband, many times I felt like I was asleep at the wheel and, and just uh, was just too occupied with mm-hmm. other things to really pay attention to what I was doing. But there, you, there's an accountability for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and thank God there's that uh, there was a moment for repentance, that yeah. there was a moment for turning back. So, so just kind of like um, a mental picture. Mm-hmm. When we say that we're going to make an account to God, what is that like? Am, am I just gonna stand there and say, "This is what I've done," and then list? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> he he already knows. Right. I mean, so if you think of it, account when you're thinking of the word account, it's like a ledger, mm-hmm. and so he, you are uh, when you think of accounting, uh, which is where the word comes from. Uh, you look and you see, uh, you know, there you here's what uh, here's what you were was expected of mm-hmm. you. Here's what you did. Here's what was given to you. Here's how you used it. Yeah. And uh, and so. Uh, you know, you got a plus, oh, okay. a plus and a minus column. So this is, you know, I, God gave you this giftedness. God gave you this calling. He put you in this position and here's what you did with it. Mm-hmm. Kind of the, the, the parables that Jesus told were the parable of the talents, the parable, right, you know, where right. the guy had, he gave, he gave him five, he made 10, he gave mm-hmm. him two, he made you know three, six, what, two, four, whatever right, it was. Right. And, uh, and then the guy who buried it and didn't use it, uh, well then the accounting was when he called those servants before him I and says, you. what did you do with what I gave you? Oh. And here's what I did. Okay. And the, and the master's like, well, you knew I was, if you knew I was a hard man, you knew I was going to ask you this mm-hmm. and you went and buried it. You know, you could have mm-hmm. at least put it in the bank and got some interest off right. of it. And, and so that's, that's what he means that there will be a moment, a reckoning okay. where you will, yeah, stand before God and he will look at what you did. 
the the thing that we always have to make clear is that is not determining your salvation mm-hmm. because well we all do stand before him and give an account and when we look and see whether we are even able to be in his yeah. presence yeah. even able to be in glory we're all going to be found wanting none of us mm-hmm. we're all indebted and uh and so yet jesus is going to come and say no 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 that account is yeah. paid in full and so G- god looks at jesus's ledger and and says oh no all your debts are paid right and so i don't have any debt against That's me cool. but in the system of rewards mm-hmm. Uh, there will be, uh, there is that uh, that ledger. It does come into play. So. That's cool. That's really helpful. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, good. Excellent. Awesome Blossom. Extra awesome. Um, I'm sorry. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us today on the Understanding Jesus podcast. We are, of course, we'll be back uh, next week. And so if you have any questions or you you watch us on Facebook Live, if you want to see us, you want to see our beautiful faces. Uh, we are on Facebook Live every Tuesday around noon. And uh, and we show the us recording uh, this uh, podcast, uh, and then each Thursday the podcast comes out uh, for you to listen to and enjoy. We have also a plethora of podcasts uh, before this one, going through all the different passages. In fact, we've been through the Bible already, the entire Bible, all uh, having a podcast for every part of the Bible for an entire year and then some. So um, so just go to our website at fbcj.us and check that out. Um, otherwise, we will be back next week. For understanding Jesus.